Amen. Amen. You can be seated. We, we really do. We believe in you guys. You're the backbone of our church. We believe that men are the strength of the church. And we, we don't think that you ought to just be an everyday, ordinary, average guy, but you ought to be a super dad. Right? Not just because you got a T-shirt with a big red S on it, <laughs> but because you got, you, got, you got something on the inside. Hello? Come on, guys. Come on, men of God. I said, come on, men of God. Y'all got to get with me now. Uh, you know, this voice is just on the edge. You got to help me. Thank God I don't have to preach again till Tuesday. Oh, no. Okay, well, here's the deal. There ought to be something that's, that separates us from everybody else and, and not, not make us better. I'm not talking about getting to a, to a place where we get to look down at everybody. I'm talking about something that actually makes a difference. You know, when you get born again, T-shirt, bumper sticker, that's it? No, no. There's something that, that actually differentiates a believer from a non-believer, from somebody with power to somebody without power. That's why, you know, it's kind of fun sometimes stand up here and watch people that I know don't have a clue what's going on. They ain't got a clue. Don't realize that, I mean, they, they just think, you, you know, because in a lot of people's relationship with God, it's just been church. You know, you go in, you sit there, they do all kinds of funky stuff. You chew gum, stick it on the bottom of the chair. You know, they, they rattle out, go through religious routine, ceremonial process, you know, stand up, sit down, move around, touch the ground, praise my Lord. <laughs> and that's about all they get. No, no, no. See, I'm talking about something that empowers you. Paul, Paul was the guy. He wrote half the New Testament. He said, uh, I am ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. Now, see, there's something different about these guys. That when they are facing life's challenges, they got a different outlet. They, Different expectation, a, a different promise of, of the end result, a different awareness. See, that, that's where God wants to take you. Come on, man. You're not just some average, everyday guy that just goes to work and, you know, comes home, watch TV, and, and, you know, eats, goes to bed, and repeats himself, and, you know, hopefully gets a game of golf or two in every year, or, you know, or maybe goes, throws a fly out and gets it wet. Or, no, no, I'm, you ain't got to do all that stuff, but I'm talking about there's something on the inside of you that is radically different, elevates you. That when trouble comes, you get a weird grin on your face. Because I'm going to kick some devil booty today. Hello? When everybody else is silent, you got a word to say. When everybody else is backing up, you're stepping up. That's what I'm talking about. Men, women of God. I think, that, I think there's just something that ought to separate us. Amen? just ought to separate us. If you're here today and you don't own a Bible, hold your hand up. The usher's going to bring you one. It's our gift to you. want to make sure you get a copy of the Word of God. want to make sure you get in the Word of God. Make sure you study the Word of God. Make sure you know the Word of God. Make sure you apply the Word of God. And the rest of us, you, you got your Bible in your hand? If you knew, hey, if you don't own, own one, hold it up. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to outrun you there. Sorry, guys. Right over here, I need one more. Um, get in that book. Study. The Bible says study 
To show yourself approved unto God of workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study means to apply yourself, break a sweat. Put yourself in it. See, if you really want something better than normal, then you've got to be better than average in your pursuit. I mean, it only makes sense, don't it? You know, it, you, you know if, if you want to be an a A-level player, then you can't have a B-level mentality. Right? You, apply yourself. Apply yourself. It's going to blow your mind what God's going to do in your world. Amen? Uh, you got your Bibles? Everybody, let's stand together one more time. Make a confession together. Hold your Bible up in the air. Say, wow, this is different. Yeah, it is. Hold your Bible up. <laughs> Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit from this moment forward. I will never be the same. Say, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more hand. Amen. Yeah, we're talking about going to a higher level of op. Matthew 10, 39, and uh, I think it's the Amplified Bible, Matthew 10, 39. It says, uh, let, let me just pop this open and read it to you because uh, they, they don't have it back there because I'm off track already. But Matthew 10, 39, whoever finds his lower life will lose it, the higher life, and whoever loses his lower life on my account will find it, the higher life. What he's saying is there's a higher level of living, but if you hang on to that lower level of life, you can't have the higher level. In order to get the higher level, you've got to leave, let go, move from the lower level of life, right? Can't have both. Can't live the low life. Can't think low life thinking and get high life results. You won't think high life thinking and end up with low life results either. You know what? You let go of that low life, you moving on up. You, you know, hey, that's that George Jefferson dude, ain't it? Moving on up. <laughs> we are moving on. I even got the voice today for that. Wow. <laughs> Might as well leave that low-level life. Move up to a higher level of living. You weren't called to fit in. You were called to stand out. You're called to stand out. You're called to do great things. Daniel eleven thirty two. the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits, great exploits. When God described Benaiah, he said he was a valiant warrior who performed heroic deeds. Isn't that the, isn't that the definition you want? Valiant warrior, heroic deeds. Valiant warrior, not big sissy. Valiant deeds, not crazy, stupid stuff. The thing we want, the thing we want is a, a relevant relationship with the real God with results that blow our mind. That's the God we ought to be serving. See, I just don't think that God sent his son Jesus to come to earth, to walk on earth, to to take on the sin of the world, to be nailed to a tree, to be put into a tomb, to be raised from the dead so that you could be normal. I, I don't think that he sent the, Jesus down here to do all that he did so that we would learn to good manners. 
And sometimes that's what we've, we, we've kind of taken church relationship with, the, the, the experience of church, and we boil it down to teaching each other how to behave in public or something. You know, I, I get the turn the other cheek thing, but that's, there's more to it than just be nice. How about demonstrating victory? How about walking in the authority that God's called you to walk in? How about living a life that absolutely humiliates hell, demonstrates Satan's defeat on a daily basis? How about having something that'll sow hope into the hopeless? That when they look at you, they say, yes, I know I can make it. Hello? Something a little bit different. Look at your neighbor and say, there's something different about you. We've been praying about this, studying this, searching this. We even found a video to demonstrate this. Watch the screen. Yeah, come on. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's a superstar saint right there. The enemies chasing after people and you just come along and yeah, see you later. Huh? Something different. High octane. Not decaf. Remember, remember in the middle of the Daniel's fast, we weren't supposed to have caffeine, so we all went to decaf. And I got to tell you something, after about 40 days, I need some calf. High calf, double calf, extreme calf. Amen. It ought to be something that's pumping through you. I mean, you know, I think your encounter with God ought to do for you what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. That when you step out of there, man, there's something, there's something different. Un- unfortunately, you look at a lot of believers, the big red S has slipped. And they're not exactly a demonstration of power and victory. They're beat up and bleeding and hurting. That's a wrong life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have Life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Think about it. Life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Life in abundance to the top till it overflows. That, that's the life. That's the life Jesus came to connect you to. And we get so distracted by stupid stuff. And we settle in and live a life that is so much lower than the life God's called us to. We don't have to live that low-level life. Look at 1 Corinthians 16, 9. A wide door of opportunity for effectual service is opened. You know, the King James says a great door of effectual, a great and effectual door, a great door. It's actually the the Greek word mega. Mega. We've talked about this before. Mega is not slightly larger. It's not... Seven more fries crammed in the box. Would you like mega fries? 
You know, mega fries cost a buck more, and they give you 30 cents more worth of french fries. Mega fries. We, think, we hear the word mega, and we think just a little bigger. No, mega is massive, huge. Think Fred Flintstone and the ribs tipping the car over. That's mega-sized. A mega door. A huge opportunity. Oh, guys, if we could see this. The opportunity to make a difference is so huge. It's massive. All you got to do to change the world, if you got Christ in you and you are in Christ, all you got to do to change the world is get out of bed. If when you get up in the morning, hell doesn't get nervous, you're living the wrong life. I'm not talking about getting a bigger Bible and a box of tracks. I'm talking about getting infused with a power from on high. That when you start walking the street, devils are running. Because you have a connection with God. I ain't talking about some weird, freaky thing. I'm talking about a relevant, real relationship with God that is causing you literally to glow in the dark. That you walk into dark spots and the light of the glorious gospel is shining so strong in you. You you know, man, you know, I hate to date ourselves, but you know, you you hear the music in the background. <laughs> And you get this, go ahead, make my day. You get that attitude. Because you know, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Nothing. 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 If God be for me, who cares who's against me? Why? Because I know the end. God declared it at the beginning. He said, I'm going to walk in victory. He said, my people, Isaiah 32, 18, are going to live in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. He, he said, you know, he, he, he declared my future. It's going to prosper, not harm me. There's hope out in front of me. God's drawn me into that. And no fear. No fear. The opportunity for you is huge. It's not little. You might be looking for these little opportunities. Maybe that's our, maybe that's our mistake. We're looking for doors that are so small. We don't recognize this huge thing that's opened up in front of us. Well, all we got to do is live life. Romans 12, at 1 in the, in the uh, Message Bible. It says, here's what I want you to do. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're eating, you're sleeping, you're going to work life. Live that as an offering to God. Maybe we're looking for the dead. We're supposed to rise. We're supposed to raise them from the dead because that's what we want. We want the supernatural. You know the first dead person that should be raised from the dead under your ministry? You. You. Please, if you ain't got enough power to raise you from the dead, quit expecting to raise me. Raise yourself. Amen. Hey, I've seen some crazy stuff. Crazy good stuff. You know, I remember one time in the Philippines, uh, 
I'd made a, uh, you know, they gave me a, a, obviously, they gave me an interpreter. And, uh, but I was really lucky because we, we went there and we spoke for Bible college graduation. And then the graduates all picked a preacher and took him to their hometown. And we, we, we went off after the graduation. And some of the stories were so crazy because there was one gal, uh, her, her parents were the pastors of a little mountain church. And they came in and, and the, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, these guys came in. I, I, my, my mind's slipping. I can't remember what they called them, but the, you know, they were communist dudes. And they came in and they pulled everybody out in front of the church. They took her mom and dad in front of the church out in the, out, out in the jungle. And they, they chopped their heads off. And they said, next week we'll be back to find out which one of you guys is going to continue with this God thing. So that little girl went down the mountain. She went into town. She went to Bible school. And at Bible school graduation, they were all sharing the testimony of where they were going from there. And she was headed back to the church where her parents had given their life to the gospel. And I'm thinking, you know, that's a level of commitment that just blows our mind. She's like, somebody's got to go back. So she picked me. Thinking, pick Charlie, you know. <laughs> Charlie, he looked good without a head. <laughs> I like mine. No, we, we, we get there and, and in, the, in the village we're preaching and the entire village is not there, but they're all listening and watching. They're all off in the shadows. We're praying for the sick. A lady comes in, her, her eyes are like marbles. And as I pray for her, they, from the bottom up, they clear up. I mean, it's like milky blue turned to normal. It's crazy. So the meetings are getting bigger. Because, man, I got to tell you, you know, God's doing stuff. and People are showing up. And uh, I'm... And I make the same, and, and my, my interpreter is so gifted. I got the best interpreter. If I said, you know, yes, whatever he said, he did the same thing. You know, so, and I, I noticed that when I did that, he, he'd do that. So I'd go like that, and so would he. So I, I had a lot of fun with him. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what I preached, but I made him climb over chairs and over things. <laughs> Finally, one night, the meetings had gotten to the point that in the darkness, the, the people would go out and you couldn't, you couldn't even see the end of them. Just sea of people. The power of God was there, and I said, if you'll get up and walk down here, God will set you free. And he says, you know, I should probably have Herbert come do this in Spanish. It'd be kind of like Filipino. And, uh, but he said exactly what I said. And, and it was fairly intense. And I mean, you know, we're, get up and, Come to get up and walk down here. Get up and walk down here right now. God's going to set you free. People are coming and the people are crying and the power of God's moving. And here comes this guy in a wheelchair. And my interpreter screams at the top of his lap and he's got his hand up. And the guy in the wheelchair is, Arr! and he says something to him and, and, the, and you know, <laughs> and, uh, and I, I'm, I'm looking like, you know, what, what, what's he saying? What's he saying? I wish I knew him. Pretty soon, and, and, and it gets very quiet. Very quiet all through the place. And, and, and everybody's eyes are on this one guy, and they're looking at him, and then they're looking at my interpreter, and they're looking at him, and they're looking at him. Finally, they look back at him, and the guy gets up out of a wheelchair and walks down there. The place goes crazy because they've known him for 40 years. He'd never walked. 
I know, the God you serve, he. It's kind of like weak tea, but the God I serve. He does some crazy good stuff. So uh, that night after the meeting, I'm like, okay, what just happened? Because the whole, the whole village is now saved. The whole village. They've seen blind eyes open. They see a guy get, well, they, they said, the interpreter said that you said, if you would walk down here, God would set you free. So he stopped him. He said, he didn't say roll. He said, walk. And the guy, you know, whatever he said, he said, it doesn't matter. He said, get up and walk. If you get up and walk, God will set you free. Don't roll down here. Get up and walk. I'm like, I'm glad I couldn't understand any of that. Because I probably would have said, oh, no, it's fine. Roll down. And he would have rolled back. Hmm. One word from God. One word from God changed everything. One word. I'm talking about being connected to a God that is not embarrassed, is not ashamed, that, that is not intimidated, that is not really going to care what any of us think. Because when he's empowered you and you are outrunning the enemy force and rescuing, you saw the video, right? And rescuing the lost, that what anybody else says or thinks no longer matters. But you have the ability to demonstrate power of a living God. Your opportunity is so huge. So huge. God wants to give you the ability to experience supernatural life. Super life. Super life. Super life. We should have our own cartoon. Look at somebody and say, here we come to save the day. <laughs> Look at Luke 5 with me real quick. Luke 5, we're going to go through this kind of quick. Now, it occurred. Everybody say it. You know what's awesome is all of us have an it that we're working on. All of us have an it for which we were created. All of us have an it that is a destiny point. It, when You know, you were formed by God in your mother's belly with it in mind. It, it, it. That's what you work all day long trying to get it done. Spend your entire life trying to accomplish it. When does it happen? When you press in to hear God. It occurred when the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God. It occurs. It occurs when you are empowered by him to do it, to know it, to achieve it. You can do a lot of stuff, but you'll know when you've done it. You can do all kinds of things, but it is the only thing that matters. You don't even know what it is until you know him. Think about that. You know, we could, we could unpack this thought and go for weeks just talking about it. But I have nine minutes, so I will move on. It is important. It makes a difference. 
It is purpose. It is destiny. It is going to change you. It's going to change everybody around you. It is what's got to occur in your life. But you can't do it without hearing God. It occurs when you press in to hear. Not when you sit and listen, when you press in. Look, they pressed. They pressed. They made an effort. They, they, they pushed. They went beyond the norm. You, you want supernatural results. You can't live Less than normal. Well, I guess if God wants me to know something, he'll send the angels down to speak to me in my bedroom. You're going to miss it. Because when the angels come down and do the river dance out in your driveway, you'll be so blown away by the river dance, you won't even know what it they brought. Well, God's in control. No, you are. Read the book. Start at chapter 1. God put you in control. Then when Adam screwed it up, Jesus came, got the keys, brought them back, put them back in your hand. You have dominion. You have authority. You have power. You, if you don't accept that, then you will never get it done. You'll do a lot of stuff, but none of it will matter. You need God's word to do it. You got to press. You got to press. You got to press in. You got to press in. You, you, you can't just come on, you know, one day a week and listen to a message. You got to press in every day. You got to get in the word. You got to study the word. You got to go after the word. You can't just read the Bible. You got to study the book. Come on, guys. You got to study. You got to be a student. You can't, can't be an average church attender. Come on. You can't, you can't be an average church attendant all across America. Thousands, millions and millions of people going to church. They're going to go home just as bitter, just as angry, just as broken, just as depressed as they always were. Can't, no, 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 no. I can't settle for average. Got to press in. Got to press in. Got to press in. You know, I already realize that there's a large majority of people who don't want to sit and, and receive from me. So I know, well, and I'll tell you why. Because there's people that just want to hear, it's going to be okay. You're a nice boy. You're a nice girl. Oh, oh, I bet that hurt. <laughs> You're my best friend. You're my best friend. I'm not that guy. Right? Jim's like, thank God. I'm the guy that's like, hey, let's go. See, so there's a good chance that you're already above average. Especially if you've been here more than two weeks. <laughs> Not better, just different. I'm not talking about we're better than them. No, I'm talking about we're different. They're nice. I want to make a difference. Okay. Uh, I just, okay, yeah, I better move on. I, I have less than nine minutes now. Verse two. It occurred. He saw two boats drawn up by the lake, but the fishermen had gone down from them, and they were washing their nets. Everybody say empty nets. Here's the deal is that the average believer is an empty netter. Come on, let's get real. The, the average believer is an empty netter. God didn't call you to be an empty netter. 
the, I, I understand that there's a time and a season to wash the empty nets, and that's taking care of the gear. But when, they, when you read on, you find out they fished all night, caught nothing, then the net wasn't dirty. So this is just the routine. This is what we do. We get up, we go out, we fish. We come back, we eat lunch, we wash the net, we put it down, we go to bed, we get up, we go out. And we're, we're just in the routine here. These guys are washing empty nets. Look at verse 3. Getting into one of the boats that belonged to Peter, he said, draw away a little from the shore. And he sat down and continued to teach the crowd from the boat. Jesus is going to teach from the boat. Okay, next verse. He's teaching them from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Peter, put out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. Here's the deal. Here's, here's the first thing you got to get, is that to be above average, to be super, you know, saints, to be who, who God's called you to be, you got to be willing to launch out into the deep. You can't settle for shallow living. You, you can't make great hauls in shallow water. You got to go deep. A lot of people are afraid to go deep. They don't want to get too far from the shore. I mean, crying out loud, what if the wind blows? What if the rain comes? We need to be able to get back. You know, what if we get hungry? What if we need a latte? We love hanging around. You know, have you ever gone to the coast? You know, Depot Bay. Thousands of people in a town of 200. Thousands and thousands of people, both sides of the street, walking up and down, eating, eating you know, caramel apples. They got their Depot Bay T-shirt on. They got their hat with seagull stuff. You know, they, uh, they, they, they look like they're a coastal, you know, guy. But they don't launch out to the deep. See, a lot of us, that's how we are. We, we got our truck. We got our hitch. We got our fishing pole. We got, we got all this stuff. But we ain't never going deep. We just want to look apart, play the part. We, no. God wants you to launch out to the deep. He doesn't he don't, he don't care about the fudge and the caramel apple and the seagull hat. He, he wants you out in the deep where he, can, where he can do what only he can do. And there ain't no way you can take credit for it. Launch out to the deep and lower your nets for a haul. Look, look at this. Verse 5. Peter said, man, we worked all night. We're tired. By the way, we, we caught nothing. But on the ground of your word. You know, my whole life I read that this way. But Peter was a little bit perturbed. He just worked the graveyard shift. But still he came to church. Well, see, the reason I think Peter was a little perturbed is because I watch you guys. I've worked hard, and I do what I do, and I know what I'm doing. So how about, preacher boy, how about you stick to preaching and let me do the fishing? I'm a fisherman. You're a preacher. Fisherman, preacher. Fisherman, preacher. You preach, I fish. Did I tell you how to prepare your message? Did I tell you how to? That's always how I saw that. But that's really not the way it was. Look what he said. Master. Go study it. It's teacher. He said, he said, wait a minute. I just heard what you said. I pressed into here and I heard what you said. So on the ground of your word, based upon what you just said. If I do what I've always done, 
it's going to be different this time. So, yeah, I may have done it before, but I'm going to do it again. Today, I want to challenge you, the things that you've done before, would you just do it one more time? Would you trust God one more time? Would you take one more day and just believe God? Just one more day, but based on his word. You know the story. Keep going. Look, look at what happens in verse 6. They, they go out, they lower it, and when they had done this, they caught a great mega, 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 not two more, a great number, a mega number of fish. They caught so many fish that their nets are at the point of breaking. Go, go to the next verse. They signaled their partners, get your boat over here, and now it's almost sinking both boats. Both boats that had gotten nothing the night before now are at the point of sinking because they've done what they always do, but on the word of one guy. When I do what I've always done, but now based on the word that you gave, I get a result like I've never seen. See, I think that's where God's wanting to take you, is that one, one step, one step beyond average, and you're suddenly into the world of supernatural. The results are so supernatural. You couldn't possibly take credit for this. That's where God wants you to be. Verse 8, when Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, knee-deep in fish. Knee-deep in fish. Right now, he's thankful he was not a cowboy. Okay. Knee-deep in fish. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Look, look, look at verse 9. Look at this. He said, uh, he was gripped with bewildering amazement, allied to terror. It messed him up. I mean, it messed him up. How will you know when you've really heard God? It'll mess you up. It changes everything. 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 Everybody around him. Look at the next one. Look at the next one. It says, hey, look, we got James and, 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 and John and all the partners. Everybody, everybody knows that was God. That was God. Hmm. Jesus looks at him and says, have no fear. That's how we're supposed to be living. A superstar lifestyle is fearless. Fearless. I'm not afraid of what somebody's going to say. I'm not afraid of what somebody's going to think. I'm going to worship God the way I worship God. I don't care whether you like it or not. I'm not worshiping you. Uh, I, I'm going to serve God the way God tells me to serve him. I'm going to hear him. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to obey it. It's going to irritate the carnal. And when you become irritated, ha, we found out you're carnal. Fearless that you're going to rise up and you're going to say, as for me and my house, we're serving God. As for me and my house, we're serving God. I don't feel like it. Go live somewhere else. You're either the wind in my sail or the anchor. Which one? Because I'm about ready to chop off the anchor. 
Hello? I'm going to do, you know, how many millions of people have come down the aisle singing, I have decided to follow Jesus. How many people in the room today would say that they are a Christ follower? But yet, once again, we say things that we don't know what they mean. Isn't God good all the time? All the time, God is good. All around the world, they don't even know what the word good means. The word good means something that gives of itself for the betterment of its environment. The word follow? Remember when David said, what's going to follow me? Mercy. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know what the word follow means? It doesn't mean that they're back there. It means that it's going to pursue, overtake, overwhelm. It's like a heat-seeking missile that you can't even get away from it. So when you say, I'm going to follow Christ, that doesn't mean that you're going to linger somewhere in the shadows. No, it means that I am going to pursue with all my passion, with all my desire, with all my strength, with all my heart, with all my soul. I will serve God. And if that's not where you're at, you ain't a Christ follower. No fear. From now on, this is what I want for you. I want a from now on moment. That from this point forward is absolutely different than it was up to this point. So if you were crazy up to now, you're going to be mo crazy. Hello? If you were happy, now you're going to be mo happy. Hmm? And if you ain't ever known joy, you can be so joyful that it swallows up any memory of your past. Look at this, one more verse, verse 11. After they'd run their boats to shore, they left everything. Now that we are here, let me just say this to you. God wants to take you will require you to leave some things behind. I'm not here today to tell you that you're going to have to give up your speedboat. You're going to have to give up the jet skis. No more duck hunting, boys. Because, you know, serving God's got to be a drag. You know the stuff that you've got to leave behind? Is that pain that you've carried? The unforgiveness, the bitterness, the brokenness, the things that have caused you to limp through life when you're supposed to be leaping. It's time to leave it behind. In my mind, I see us at the dock, ready to launch out. We turn the motor on, we give some gas, and, and we sit there, and we, the motor's revving, but we're not moving. We're not really getting anywhere. So we run to town. We buy higher octane fuel. We bring in people who know how to, you know, mess with the motor. Come on, Steve. I need 7,000 horsepower. 
you can buy you, you can get a you can get the Dodge truck from Steve at Steve's tire factory with seven thousand eight hundred and fourteen horsepower. You start up you put it in your boat and it sounds cool. It's got chrome, it's got pipes, it even comes with nifty stickers. But you still can't, you ain't going anywhere. So, you, you know, detail, detail the boat. No, how about untie the rope? It's the rope. See, the, the 700 horsepower thing is cool, but even if you had to row, you can go deep. The detail looks great. Excellent. But even with an empty Pringles can, you can row deep. Leather cushions, my favorite. But if I have to sit on my knees in the middle of a canoe, I can go deep. The things that really matter, have you untied the rope? Because there's some things that you don't want to leave behind for some weird reason that are keeping you where you're at. Today, today, God's going to sever that rope. He's going to destroy that chain. He's going to loose you so you are free to go deep. Amen? So that you can, you can go deep, so that you can, you can get out to where the supra can get on your natural, where you can experience something so much bigger than you are. I just had a thought, and, and I'm really, I'm, I'm way out of time. Uh, have you noticed, though, that you've know, been to San Francisco or just over to the Oregon coast, or the, you know, that sometimes where there's a lot of crowds, there's always a magic show? Remember, in, in San, San Francisco, Shelby, had her brothers and mom and dad and us, we were all down there. There's like 20 of us, and they pulled, they pulled Donnie, Shelby's brother, out of the crowd, and he was part of a magic show thing, and he got to wear this brassiere with, you know, the, what are those, those bells, you know, ding, ding, you know, there they were. <laughs> ding, ding, that was his role in this whole thing. Da, 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 ding, ding, you know, and I'm like, Thank God they picked Donnie. <laughs> Some of us, all we've ever had is a magic show experience. So you start seeing God move, and you just think it's another magic show. No, 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 no. Till you've gone deep, you'll never understand what God's doing. you got to go deep. Will you bow your head and close your eyes, and let me pray for you. God doesn't want to put on a magic show for you. But he wants to release you from the pain of your past. The power of your past can be broken today. As he launches you into the deep of a future-filled, supernatural manifestation of God. Obviously, first you have to have relevant relationship. You have to have relevant relationship with God. If you're here First, I want to address that. If you're here today and you are not in right relationship with God, we don't want you leaving this place in that condition. We're all going to pray a prayer. 
It's just a starting point. It's not the end of anything, but it's the beginning of everything. If you're here today and say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I need to be included in this prayer. I need my life to be right with God. I need to start. Include me in this prayer. Again, we're, we're all going to pray it together. But if that's you, while no one's looking around, just hold your hand up real quick. I'll let you put it down, but hold it up. Let me see it. Say, that's me. I need God in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? That's me. I, I need God to be real in my life. Thank you, sir. No more games. No more tricks. Just real, relevant God. Thank you, sir. We're all going to pray. You ready? Anybody else? You ready? Don't miss this. Thank you, young man. Pray with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me strength. Give me vision. Give me hope. I will live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me, setting me free. In Jesus' name, amen.